Adelaide United family, welcome back. This is a two-week special, a couple of podcasts, because we've had a lot of games, obviously really disappointing the other night at Service FM Stadium, our A-League women going down to Melbourne City. Um, we turn our attention now to a couple of matches where both our Isuzu Ute A-League men's team and the Liberty A-League women's team taken on Melbourne Victory, the original rivalry. We are, at the moment, at Cooper Stadium, and I'm looking at a very sweaty Eugene Galekovic because training has just been completed um, for like full transparency. It's a Friday. It's going to be 38 degrees today. It's going to be hot tomorrow. Huge. How hot are you right now? Yeah, it is. Uh, we trained early, a little bit earlier today, um, but it is a hot day and um, it was a short and sharp uh, session for the boys, um, but we'll be ready for tomorrow. Good to have a chat with you, mate, because um, there's a lot to talk about. We obviously, with the, the Pitch Podcast, do um, two parts. In this part, it's good to get a bit of an insight into your role at the club and, and what you actually do, but also we've got such a, a rich history of goalkeepers at Adelaide United, so we'll deep dive into that. How are things at the moment? We have such a great collection of goalkeepers as we always uh, manage to. What does your day-to-day look like at the club? Yeah, so mostly I, I look after the goalkeepers. So we have uh, four senior goalkeepers. They train with me every day um, or, you know, on a full-time basis. And then we have a few young ones training with the MPL and they come up as well. Um, you know, we've got Hawley that's injured at the moment. So I kind of bring one or two up uh, here and there per week um, just to get them used to the intensity. Um, but, yeah, um, the goalkeeper's been fantastic. Um, like I said, Hawley's injured. The other three are tr- training at a very good standard and, uh, performing at a very good level, so um, it's just about improving them uh, mostly um, and getting them to a really good level. Um, and also, Carl, uh, you know, organ- uh, lets me organise the set pieces as well. So early in the week and later in the week, I do the review and preview of the set pieces for the boys to hopefully understand and score on the weekend and, and defend, defend when, set pieces as well. When you go into preparation mode now as a coach, do you look at the way? that you were coached. You had some really good goalkeeping coaches as well of your time at Adelaide, but also over on the, um, the eastern side of Australia. And you take away the things that worked for you, but also some of the learnings of what could have been done better and put that together to make yourself a coach. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, I had a goalkeeper coach at Adelaide for a long time here, for about nine or ten years, in uh, Peter Blazincic, where I learned a lot. Um, and then I had a few other coaches uh, at Melbourne City and in the end of my career at Adelaide as well. That you, you take the um, the good things, um, and you, you always learn. You're always learning, even um, drills you think you can improve. Um, you know, you try to improve yourself um, to get to get things working uh, during training sessions, and uh, for the majority of the time, just to improve the boys. Um, so that that's the that's what I've taken out of it, and especially later in my career when I was a player, um, that's when I started to really understand that and take things on on um, you know on, on paper and, and really understand how things uh, sh- should be trained out there. I'm really glad that I'm speaking to you because um, I feel like the the past two years, especially at Adelaide United, it's almost been sliding doors moments where, um, you know, uh, if this happened, this may not have happened and and et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of look at initially, if James Delianov didn't get injured, Joe Gauchi wouldn't have got an opportunity. And then if Joe Gauchi didn't get injured, Delhi wouldn't have come back. Then if Delhi didn't get injured, then Gauchi was out. Then Stephen Hall wouldn't have got an opportunity. There's so much of that stuff. Um, for you, how much is it also managing the mentality of the goalkeepers that aren't playing at a particular game? Because you, you basically need to instruct them to be patient and just train the best you can. Yeah, exactly right. Um, not many opportunities are given as a goalkeeper. You're either really a number one or a number two, and um, you kind of have to understand your role. Um, and it, it's hard here because we have, uh, I could say, four young goalkeepers 
three have had game time and they, when they have game time, they expect to play. Um, so it's about managing that, um, understanding where they are at the moment. And to be honest, you just have to be honest with them. Um, and like you said, it, it, every time a new keeper came in, there was a bit of a sliding uh, doors moment where an opportunity arose. Um, and to be fair to these keepers, every time they've you know, stepped in, I think they've done a good job, even Hawley. I've got even Ethan Cox who hasn't played a game at the moment. Um, he's been training the house down. And if I had to throw him in, I'd, I'd throw him in with confidence. So um, they're really all, um, other than Hawley, they're, they're at a good stage where I'm confident in all of them. So without breaking confidence, what do you say to someone like James Delianoff? Because obviously he, he came over here um, a couple of seasons ago. Um, and then is it as simple as you need to continue to perform at training each week However, unless Joe is injured or concedes 15 goals in three games, it is what it is. Oh, my main thing is he has to be ready to step in. So if something happened next week to Joey, um, he has to be ready to go. Um, and you know, if you go through the motions a little bit as a second-choice keeper and you do get thrown in and you're not ready, there's an opportunity missed. So you know, I, just, I just need to keep him ready. And um, if an opportunity arises next week, in a month, in two months... Finals, whenever that is, he's, he needs to be ready um, and, and be at a very good stand. And so that's you know my message to, to James. Is it a challenge always being number two or number three if you look at Hawley? Because um, I guess James would have had a, a choice uh, going into this season of where he wanted to play his football because, there's, as you said, there's, there's only a handful of clubs in Australia, which means there's only a handful of number one keeper opportunities and they were all pretty much taken. You either get in the best environment to make sure that you're ready to succeed, where we've always had this dilemma with our goalkeepers, whether it was John Hall, whether it was Paul Izzo, whether it was Beerus. Like, you always look at these keepers that go into bigger and better things. And um, he could have gone somewhere else, but obviously he trusts the culture and the environment to go, I'm really happy where I am and I'm ready to take the opportunity when it comes again. Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's twofold. He, he probably can go to another A-League team and, and potentially play minutes. Um, but then again, he's in a good environment where he knows, you know, Joey's having a really good season. Who knows where, you know, he might end up in 12 months, 18 months, 24 months. And there's a, an opportunity here as well, even even earlier if something obviously happens. So, um, you know, like I said, a, a goalkeeper, you have to bide your time. Um, you got to re- also remember they're both quite young and mm. not many elite teams play young goalkeepers. So, um, you know, I honestly believe we have the best uh group of goalkeepers at the club compared to any other A-League club. Um, it's a big thing to say, but in terms of their age, in terms of their performance, um, you know, I have a lot of confidence in all four. What happens when it comes to um, opposition analysis? Will you look at, um, and we'll, we'll deep dive in the, the other edition of the, the podcast with the match preview, but will you look at the Melbourne victory players in the case that one of them is going to take a penalty and you'll sit down with with Joe or with James or with Hawley and go, this is the way that they traditionally go and um, your kind of studying tape and film is different to how um, the other 10 players on the pitch is? Yeah, it is. It's because it's a little bit more, you know, individual for the goalkeepers. Um, so I'll bring, you know, for the uh, preview, I'll bring my, um, my top two goalkeepers in, um, the keeper that's playing and the keeper on the bench to just have a look at, you know, their options, playing out from the back on goal kicks, on, uh, in general play, um, suss out individuals in terms of penalties um, and give them that information. Um, you remember these, these days that everyone's penalty takers are, are, are number one penalty takers in the team and, and they potentially go both ways. So 
but there, there's little maybe patterns that you can pick. Um, does it get as detailed as something like, so Craig Goodwin, when he's going to take a penalty, he does his little stutter. You need to understand that potentially a player is going to do that because if your goalkeeper's not ready, they might make a decision which way they're going to go and dive before the stutter's finished and then they just need to tap it in. Yeah, exactly right. Um, it's their run-up. It's you know moments of the game, pressure moments, um, moments where teams are leading 2-3-0 where they've got a lot of confidence, certain ways they might go. Um, so there's a lot of little things I, I give to the players. In the, ultimately, in the end, it's their decision which way they go. And, you know, you kind of get a sense as a goalkeeper when you're in goal, you might get a certain feeling and you just go to back your gut instinct in the end. Um, but, yeah, those, those little moments I, I do give them um, and they have it on video. Um, and, like I said, ultimately it's their, their choice. So, um, yeah, and even, even after the game, we do a review, um, the next training session and, where we can improve as goalkeepers as well, little things we can train on during the week that um, I'll pick up during a game, just improve them pretty much. I've never seen live before um, a player lie down at the back of a wall, and I saw that in the the last home match we had, which was fascinating to watch, and it was explained to me why that happens, but can you break that down, why that that happens? Because it was very bizarre, but it actually makes sense. Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. Any any free kick around that probably 18-yard box, close enough to the 18-yard box, um, you want your wolf to jump as high as, you, high as they can, but potentially the ball can go, obviously, underneath the wall. So that's the reason the player lies down, um, blocking anything that goes low, and um, the players in the wall jump as high as they can to prevent any ball going over the top of them into, the, obviously, the top corner. So um, it, it does make sense. Like I said, anything close, close enough to the 18-yard box where if it does get down, keeper hasn't got enough time, reaction time to make the save. It was uh, amazing to see in Qatar and leading up to the FIFA World Cup, the three goalkeepers that went over representing the Socceroos. So Matt Ryan, Danny Vukovic and Andrew Redmayne. Um, But also the reasons why. I think there was a part of me that thought Joe was a real chance to to go over as part of um, the trip for experience. But also understanding the mentality of why Arnie chose the three goalkeepers for different reasons was really fascinating. And obviously with, with Redders, he doesn't want to be defined by saving penalties to qualify for the World Cup, but that's his specialty. Do you, um, as a goalkeeping expert yourself, can step away and go, I actually understand the reasons and the strengths of these three different keepers? Yeah, to a degree. Um, you know, every coach has decisions to make and, and that's their, their decision they, they live by. Um, you know, Redders, you can say um, a certain amount of uh, percentage that he got us to the World Cup by saving that, those penalties in, against Peru. So... Um, you know, credit to him and credit to the coaching staff to pick that. Um, and like I said, the, the coaching staff will live by the decisions and, and they've cho- chosen those three goalkeepers and credit to them. They stuck by it, they believed in it and that's the way they went. And we are in a really unique opportunity where um, in a few years' time there's a, there's a chance that all three of them won't be playing for the Socceroos because I understand that goalkeepers can go probably a little bit longer in their, their lifespan to um, a midfielder or such, but... Yeah. There's also opportunity for three young goalkeepers to play for the Socceroos. Um, do you see that potential in Joe's? Obviously, um, had representation already for Australia in different forms, but um, he, he continues to grow, and you can hear that in matches too. The way that he communicates and instructs the team. Yeah, no, definitely. There's definitely a big opportunity for him, um, and any young goalkeeper that's potentially uh, playing A League in the next couple of years. Um, you know, Joey's you know over the last two years done what he's done, so. Um, there's, there's going to be maybe James who, who, who plays uh, down track that might have one or two good years and here's an opportunity too, um, just like any other goalkeeper in the A-League that's young and, and up to the task. So 
Um, but, you know, what Joey's done, um, you'd almost think he's kind of that one, that young boy next in line. Um, and there's a couple overseas as well. So they've just got to keep doing what they're doing, keep improving and um, give, them, give themselves every chance to put them in that situation. Just before we wrap this up... Um how, how far are goalkeepers running in a match? If you look at the GPS, you look at a, a midfielder and they might do, might do, like, say, between 10 to 15 Ks in a yeah. game. What's Joe Gauchi running in a game compared to, I guess, what you were doing as well? Yeah, it's, it's around the 6K mark, 6 and a bit Ks. Um, it, that's not just running. That's um, obviously moving around the lot, uh, around the 18-yard box and, and a little bit further up. So, um, you know, their, their running is in burst. Um, you know, probably... First two or three metres need to be quite sharp, um, but in terms of long distance running, it's um, not much of that. It's more movement around the goal and um, and stuff like that. But yeah, overall, it's it's around six six and a half k's. There was a time, Eugene Galakovic, where I can openly and honestly say that um, Adelaide United, for some reason, um, we didn't celebrate our past players the way that we probably should, and we didn't see our heroes come back to the club post-career or to um, to embrace the club. You look at it now, you're seeing the coaching staff, Carl and yourself, you see, you know, Marcelo Karuska being back in South Australia. You, you look at Cassio and his son playing, you look at Ethan playing, like all of these, these kids being part of the club. And it, for you, it must be really satisfying to be back here and to see that, that warmth where... Um, you know, five, six years ago, that's probably something that, that wasn't as authentic as it is now. Yeah, you know, it, it's tough leaving a club. You know, not many people leave a club on kind of good terms um, because, you know, majority of the time you, you want to stay at the club. Um, and that's a probably a hard thing to take, either retirement or whatever it is. Um, but it is, uh, it is a different feel now. A lot of people coming back and coming to watch the games or, you know, myself um, being involved in, in, in the football side of things. Um, but, you know, I've never had... I've always uh, loved my time here and um, you know, ne- never held anything against the club. Uh, I've always loved the club and I think the majority of the people now feel like that as well. Does Jaden, your son, want to be a goalkeeper? Yeah, he does. Uh, he does? He always jumps in goals, but I don't know how tall he's going to get. That's the only problem. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Huge, thank you very much for taking the time to have a chat. Um, we will go to uh, a- another episode, which is a match preview into Melbourne Victory, but um, appreciate your time as always, mate. Thanks. Thanks for having me.